Hello and welcome to episode four. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about renovating for profit. My name is Nathan and this is Millennial Learnings. Now to start, I'm going to be talking about the difference between renovating for profit and simply renovating. And what I mean by that is, and this links back to my last episode, is there's got to be a plan in place for what you're doing with this property. So for example, if you're looking at just buying a property and you want to renovate it to make yourself feel more at home so that you feel like you can stay there longer, you're going to take a little bit less of a profitable approach. So you're going to do things that suit you rather than what might attract a potential buyer or what might increase the value to a property valuer. Renovating for profit to me is taking the emotion out of renovating and finding and thinking about uh, what the market wants in your area and what a property valuer, if you're looking at accessing equity, would find attractive and put you in a higher class bracket. So I've had two renovation projects so far uh, in my life. I've had a, a property that sat in the, the low to mid 400s um, and I've got my current property, which at the time was just shy of 600. Both very different properties and the one that I've spent the least on is actually the one that I've made the most amount of equity on. So on my first renovation, we bought a property that was on a main street. I think I discussed this in my last episode, but it was an absolute dump, a little three-bedroom place, terracotta tiles, um, just yellow walls, just gross, a hold property. And when we first bought it, we thought we'd have to literally rip everything up and start from scratch. And to some points, we almost did that. Uh, we, we renovated everything in that house except for one bathroom. And there was only two bathrooms, so it's not a big deal, but um, we came very close to overcapitalizing in all honesty if we had gone and done that bathroom. So the reason, and look, at, at the time we bought it, we thought we're just gonna make money from it, but then you start delving deep into renovations and you start looking at floor choices. You start talking about kitchens and you get cabinet designers out and you're looking at stone bench tops when you should have, you know, at the time you thought lemonade would have worked and you ended up spending more money on things that you've, you first initially expected. But it's hard to keep the emotion out of it, especially when it's your first home. It's really hard to not get emotional uh, and choose based on your emotions. But we got very lucky in that property actually. Um, we built a, uh, we did a beautiful renovation. Um, we spent more money than what we probably should have and what we budgeted for. But we knew when to stop and we made approximately 10% uh, profit on that particular property. Um, in our current home, um, it was a much different much different approach. We, we had an awful purchasing experience, to be honest with you, that took all the emotion out of purchasing for us. Uh, the real estate agent treated us very poorly because of our age um, and was just not good to deal with. So when we moved in and we found the place was disgusting and wasn't cleaned and the old owners had hidden holes in the walls and hidden stains in the carpet um, with art and with furniture when we were looking at it. We were, we were annoyed, but there was no emotion involved. We simply got in and we did what we had to do. So in that property, we have made, I think we're sitting at equity-wise approximately 20% profit um, on what we initially put into it. So what the property's worth to what it's worth now. Um, taking into account all expenses, stamp duties, all that sort of stuff. 
Now, we've only spent $15,000 on that property, which is more than half of what we spent on our first one. And the reason being is because we had no emotion involved, we simply thought about what the market would find attractive when we sold, or in our case, because we were looking to refinance quickly, what the valuers would find valuable. Okay, so we did things like obviously replacing the stained carpet, we put really nice lush carpet in, uh, and we did things like replacing the old crappy looking fans, uh, putting brighter lighting in. And look, to be honest with you, that's pretty much it. We just styled it mainly, and a property value has come along, and we've now got 20% equity in that property, and we spent bugger all. And the reason why I tell this story, it's not to say that I've owned property and blah, blah, blah. It's to let you guys know that there's ways of making property that doesn't include a full renovation. It doesn't mean you have to rip out every wall or replace kitchens, bathrooms. It doesn't mean you have to do all this work, you know, go down to the point of replacing every skirting board and architrave like we did in our first home. And to be honest with you, the, the buyers wouldn't have cared. They wouldn't have noticed. Um, but it was just an emotional thing. We just thought that would look better for us and we, we did it. So when you're looking at properties, there's going to be a couple different types of renovations you're going to be doing. One is going to be the same as what, what we first did. You're going to buy something that just looks terrible, outdated. I was speaking to someone actually last night that had a yellow kitchen. You're going to rip it out. It's just not modern. It's not going to help you sell the house for more money. You need to do it. But you're also going to, you're going to buy a home that's you know maybe three, four, five years old that it's probably coming up to that life cycle that needs renovation like what we did. And that renovation could be as simple as a change of color, could be a change of carpet, um, could be simply a small amount of landscaping, and you're going to make profit from it. And distinguishing between the two and not going too far and costing yourself money, eating into your equity, or possibly overcapitalizing is super important. So a couple tips. One, don't rush into renovations. Okay, Every house, unless it's genuinely not livable, um, but most houses you're going to buy are going to be livable no matter how ugly they are in the beginning. Once you're in it, look at the market. Give yourself a couple months. See what's selling. See what's in that house that's selling and what's what those properties that seem to be getting more money than others that are similar to yours, what have they got that you don't? And then make your decisions. Now, always start with something simple. Um, if you need to do a full renovation and rip out kitchens and change floorings and all this sort of stuff, you could probably do that first and then do your painting, but a painted house makes all the difference. Just going from a you know a yellowy old school color to a bright white or putting a couple features walls in um, or just doing something that makes it look a little bit more modern could actually make all the difference you might need. Um, and doing it slowly allows you to readjust your plan and continually change and ensure that you're getting the right value for your equity. Um, and I'm going to talk about another episode where I talk about equity because something that you'll learn very quickly is that the valuer's valuation and the actual property value are two very different things in most cases. But that's a, that's a whole other episode. Um, but I think that gives you guys a, a rough idea. Um, I'd love to help out if there's any questions about renovating. I'm not a flipping genius. Uh, I don't buy homes, tear them down, build them and sell them straight away but I've had experience I've made good money out of property I've been in the real estate industry and I know what might assist in your particular area but 
One last thing that I'm going to say, and it's the most important thing when it comes to making money or profit out of anything, is negotiation. So just remember that everything you do, whether you're buying tiles, whether you're buying paints, whether you're having a tradesman come in, an electrician, or a cabinet maker, everything is negotiable. And your job is not to send these guys broke and you know, get them to do it for free. But, but your job is to always ask for something better. Ask for a better price. Ask for a free inclusion. Uh, ask if you know they'll do it for a cash job. Ensure they're still going to give you warranty. You know these sort of things are going to save you an extra few hundred dollars per piece, and it all goes straight into your bottom line. Goes straight into equity and allows you to free up some money to put extra on your mortgage and things like that. But that's your own personal decisions. But I cannot stress enough how important it is to ask for a better price, especially on big key items. I think that's just about going to wrap it up. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. It's again nice, short, sharp and sweet. I'm very new to the podcasting scene. As I get more comfortable, I'm hoping that I can step out of the car for a start and start doing this um, in a more quiet place and hopefully invite some guests in the future. But if you do like what I'm doing, I'd appreciate the shares. I'd appreciate a a five-star review. It keeps me creative and wanting to make more content thank you so much again for listening my name is nathan and this was millennial learnings